and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what's a goal! Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you doing, mate? Gripping on the vibes of life as always, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, not too bad, mate. Luke, how are you getting on? I'm good, thank you, pal. I'm good. And back off the subs bench after missing out last week. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you, mate. Although, unfortunately, we haven't got... A win to talk about, have we, this week? It's been a sort of disappointing week for Dale. Just one point from two home games against Wimbledon and Northampton. Um, the first game resulting in a 1-0 defeat after a late goal for the visitors. And the second, uh, Stephen Humphreys' free kick, rescuing a point for Dale after the Cobblers took the lead at Spotland. So we'll get into that Wimbledon game. And I'll come to you, Chaff, first, because I read your uh, match report the day after on the site, and I have to say I agree with most of it. It really was a, a difficult watch, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. I actually don't think we played that badly first half. Um, I just think we created little, but we had a lot of the ball. And for me, it was the, the substitution of Ryan um, that just completely disjointed us and allowed them to, to gain a lot more possessions the second half. And then they got the goal late on. Jimmy Keyway mistake, and yeah, I was I was absolutely furious to be honest with you because that these two games are sort of pinpointed as games that will potentially define where we're up to, um, and to get one point from the two games uh, is not a good return. And in reality, they're the they're the, they're the teams that we, we need to be taking points off, and we just haven't done on us. Yeah, I was really really disappointed. Yeah, Luke, even even before that substitution with, with Jimmy Ryan, which did change the game, Dale had a lot of possession, but it, it was the same old story, wasn't it? In a lot of possession without a lot of creativity at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was I was bored. It was it was, it was boring to watch. Um because whilst we had a lot of possession again, it weren't in it weren't in areas of the pitch really that you could hurt Wimbledon. Um and and yeah, you can have all the possession you want in the world, but without that kind of creativity in the final third, which we, we definitely lacked, um, you're going to struggle when, when teams sit back against you. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if, if maybe Wimbledon had kind of, maybe they settled like that against you know every game they play away from home, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if teams watched us against Stockport and maybe thought, you know what, actually, um, let them have the ball, we'll sit in. And, um, and kind of defend accordingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the word that just springs to mind is boring. And, you know, as, as, as bad as this sounds, I, I was on my phone for the last 20 minutes just because I couldn't, I just couldn't find myself kind of engaged in the game. Um, I mean, Chaff's right. I think taking Ryan off, it definitely didn't help us, um, which is kind of, it's easy to say in hindsight, but leading up to that substitution, I think we kind of needed to sacrifice, you know, a, a midfielder. We probably ended up sacrificing the wrong one in the end, because um, I think Morley struggled again in, in that in that position. Um, 
But yeah, I'll say it again. It was just a bit of a bore fest. Right, and you've been sort of one of the biggest defenders of, of BBM's style of play, even when things haven't exactly gone to plan. Um, can you really defend that on Saturday, though? I know I saw a couple of tweets where you were maybe uh, criticising supporters a little bit, but um, what, what were your thoughts even before the goal? Did you really see us creating anything? Was there anything really to take from that? Um, it's obvious we didn't create much because you just have to look at the stats to see that. Um, I did think before they scored, if there were a team that were going to win it, we going to be us because we had all the ball pretty much. But um, yeah, in terms of much to defend, I'd, even I'd struggle, I think. <laughs> we didn't create much. And I agree with you guys. I think Ryan was the wrong one to take off. Um, what I would say on that, though, is it didn't play on, on Tuesday. So there's obviously a either it's a fitness issue or he's been carrying a bit of a knock because he plays for me every every whenever he's fit, he plays. And I'm sure BBM probably thinks the same as that because he's, he's imperative. But yeah, last last week was, was a struggle. Um, what I would say on it is they didn't do anything, did they? I think we, we, we all commented after an hour that they were probably the worst team we'd seen for quite a while. Um, but they had Piggott up front and, and a couple of others who they're always going to be dangerous and that's that's probably what we had last year in Henderson. You know, we, we probably weren't great, but you always have Ian Henderson who's going to pop up with a goal at the end and that's what they had and, and ultimately they scored. But, you know, I think there's there's things to remember. We were two minutes away from a point. We had all the ball. We didn't create much granted. Um, but the best teams in the world struggle against teams who put 11 men behind the ball. So I think there was an overreaction and I've made that clear, but um, yeah, I'm under no illusion. It was, it was a difficult watch and we were, we were poor. We didn't create enough. We didn't create next to enough. I think our crosses from out wide were bad. And um, yeah, we, we should have got result out of it. No, no, you know, no arguments from me. Um, Ryan sort of touched on it there a little bit in terms of Wimbledon's uh, game plan. How much credit do you give to Wimbledon for sort of realising our deficiencies and, and, and producing a plan to sort of nullify us and get the win? Uh, and how much of it is just criticism for the same mistakes being made? Um, yeah, fair play to Wimbledon. They've obviously, I think to an extent Northampton did as well. The last two games, or games post-Stockport, Luke's right. I think teams are happy to have let us have the ball, um, and then sort of pick the bones when there's when there's an opportunity to, um, which is exactly what Wimbledon did. I mean, I know it was a goal from our own mistake, but um, we we get to a point in the game where we start letting teams in, even if we've had a lot of the ball previous to that. So, yeah, fair play to Wimbledon um, for sort of taking advantage of that. Um, and yeah, it's 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 down to ourselves really, isn't it? Um, lack of creativity. Um, yeah, I would I would just I just find it thoroughly depressing to be perfectly honest with you. What I would say is a couple of weeks ago we were praising our maturity and defensive ability when we went away at Shrewsbury and nicked for points, and we sat in and didn't do anything. 
So to then have the same thing done to us and claim that we're the worst team ever is sort of make your mind up territory because you can't praise us and say we're, you know, turning a corner for doing the exact same thing as what Wimbledon did and then criticise us for not breaking it down. But two weeks prior saying Shrewsbury, you had no chance. So I think there's got to be a bit of realism brought in. Um, but I'm not going to claim to say that we were great against Wimbledon because we weren't and we didn't create enough. But at the same time, I personally think you've got to give praise to Wimbledon on how they defended as, as a team and, and the shape that their manager obviously obviously brought to Scotland. I think that's fair enough. I think sometimes fans forget that there's two teams in a game and um, you, need to, you need to think about it from the opposite side as well, which is obviously not, not what we're programmed to do as supporters of a team, but sometimes you do have to sort of give, give praise to the other team. But at the same time, you can understand the frustrations that some supporters have when they see us playing so well against the likes of Sunderland, for example, and then being unable to break down a team that, even in the game itself, didn't play anywhere near as well as some of the other teams that we've taken points off. So it is a strange one to sort of um, wrap your head around, I guess. Uh, Luke, we spoke already about it, the lack of creativity, but I think in this game, more than more than any this season, it was really obvious that there was an over-reliance on Alex Newby to create chances, and he, he had another off day, didn't he, really? Yeah, he probably had one of them games where it was one of them where he was taking too many touches again, um, and, and invariably kind of, you know, ended up either using the wrong option or using an option that was kind of too late, really. Um, I think he'll, you know, he's shown that he's obviously got quality and he has got that creativity that we will need when he does come to breaking down teams. Um, and with a bit of luck, I kind of hope that this is all part of the learning process for him. Um, like I said, we kind of had a game plan, didn't we, against Shrewsbury and we've looked good against teams who have kind of taken the game to us. And this is kind of, this is now kind of, you know, trying to come up with the answer to the next puzzle, which is when teams sit in against us. I don't think we've really seen it up until Stockport, um, where we've got to kind of really break down 11 men behind the ball, camped in, camped in the, the wrong half. Um, I can't really think of a game for a prolonged period of time anyway, where we've had to do that this season so far. Um, so I think, yeah, we've shown that we can compete when we go toe-to-toe, uh, like we did against Sunderland. Um, we've shown that we can kind of be smart on the counter-attack like, like we did against Shrewsbury. Um, and I think, yeah, the next, the next part of the puzzle is, is can we um, you know, come up with a method of play where we can break teams down? Because just like Rye said, really, uh, you know, as poor as the game was um, and as bad as the result was, the overreaction sometimes, it does feel a bit daft uh, amongst kind of, you know, Dale fans who are all of a sudden calling for BBMZ and, and whatnot. Um, but I think, you know, what we've got to try and remember is are we, are we making progression as, as, a, as a club and as a team? And, you know, you go back to kind of the players that we lost in pre-season and that, the fact that we are kind of, we are competing at this level still. Um, you know, there are, there are areas of progression as well. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we can kind of figure that, uh, figure it out, how, how we can break down a team. And, you know, I think Newby will will play his part in that. But um, just one of them games for him, I think he tried too hard again. Um, like we said with Oli as well at times where, you know, he tried too hard, you end up making the wrong decisions and whatnot. Um, but yeah, one of them. Yeah, I suppose if, you, if you're asking for sort of consistency with a creative play like that, 
then they're not going to be in League One, are they, if they can create a, a moment of magic in every game? So um, they, they can't be so much of a reliance on Newby. And hopefully with a few of the other players that are back in the fold now, um, there'll be a little bit less of a, of a sort of insistence on Newby to create something. Um, Ryan, you touched on um, Jimmy Ryan and, and him coming off and the, you feel he should play every game a minute ago. Um, for you, is that alongside Aaron Morley or, or instead of Aaron Morley? Because for me on Saturday, it was one of Morley's worst performances in a Dale shirt. And um, I, th- I can understand the frustration of playing both of them at the same time. But then, like you said, is it an issue with Ryan's fitness? He, he doesn't seem able to complete 90 minutes even when he does start. So how do you see that? Do you think it's worth playing both of them and persevering with that? Or going back to the one of them, as we did against Northampton, but maybe playing Ryan instead of Morley? Yeah, I actually thought about this um, after the Tuesday game. And I remember when Morley came through last year, sort of the second coming, I guess, of Aaron Morley. And I think he banged a couple of, couple of goals in from outside the box and he looked a real threat, to be honest. He looked like sort of almost stepping into sort of Callum Camp's te- territory in terms of getting goals and looking for assists and stuff. So I think... The opportunity and the potential is there to play both, but I think with the way we're setting up now, against teams like Wimbledon and Northampton and the teams around us at home especially, you don't need both, I don't think, because we both do a similar job and I think Ryan can. Ryan's a better version of Aaron Morley, basically, in that he'll play the intelligent balls, diagonal balls over the top, but he can break the lines himself as well by dribbling through and you know, clever touches and clever little passes. So I'd be looking at personally, especially now everyone's fit, you know, if we can get Rathbone back into the middle with Lund ahead of Orion and then playing Barr and Beasley or Dooley or whoever it may be off Humphreys would probably work better against those sorts of teams. But I can see why you'd play a Morley and a Ryan to have two passes in there because we're not stu- London right London Rathbone sorry aren't passes of a ball have necessarily you won't look at them and think oh they're gonna you know they're gonna win us a game with a defence splitting pass because that's not the type of play they are and I think we all know that so I can see the thought process but I do think against teams around us at home play one or the other and not both personally That's that seems fair to me um Chaff, another midfielder who Ryan touched on there. I won't ask Ryan about him because I seem to do that every week. But uh, Ollie Rathbone missed a big chance, didn't he, in this game? And he's just not been consistent whatsoever this season, has he? No, it's um, it's frustrating to watch because we all know how good he can be. We've seen how good he can be. I just don't think he's shown it often enough this season at all. Um, I'm not. Maybe it's just because Ryan's brought it to everybody's attention. Um, previous weeks but noticing more now like Tuesday for example I, I, I said to you guys in the in the group chat how many touches does he need to be able to bring the ball under control and started noticing that more and I don't know whether it's playing whether it's because he's playing slightly out of position on the left hand side he's obviously not played the before this season um, as to whether it's having an effect and whether he's sort of overthinking his role a bit more um, and it's sort of having an effect on on his control and stuff like that. But 
yeah, he's, he's just been really inconsistent. And to be honest, I don't, I don't want him in a wide area. I want him in the middle. I want him in the sort of centre circle, breaking forward, pushing on through the middle and creating that way and sort of causing problems for defences by running at them. And I just don't think he's done that often enough. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I think that's something that we were saying in defence of Rathbone, isn't it, earlier in the season, that he seems to sometimes be that link from the likes of Morley and Ryan to then Newby and and, um, and Humphreys or Beasley or whoever might be up front. And uh, out wide, you don't really get that link as much. I guess Lund's playing further forward than, than uh, Ryan and Morley, but he's still not got quite the same sort of drive as midfield, from midfield as, as Rathbone. Um, so hopefully we'll see him in that position a little bit more as the season progresses. Um, Luke Chaff touched on it. Um, it was a mistake from Jimmy Keoway, wasn't it, for the goal uh, right at the end of the Wimbledon game. Uh, struggling for form a little bit, but I, I thought the reactions were a little bit harsh from some supporters saying that he's not a fullback when in the early stages of the season everyone was sort of in agreement that he'd been our best player for the first few games. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely gave him his credit, didn't we? Um, with, with regards to kind of how we started the se- season, um, there's no arguments here. I held my hands up and said he's, he's really full-on surprised me because I, I thought he'd never be anything but more than a squad player for us. Um, and he was brilliant. Um, but at the same time, I think the game where he was on the bench and McLaughlin came in, I can't remember which one it was now, it seems like it's broke his momentum a little bit. Um, and, and he kind of, he looks like he's just kind of come back into the, come into the team after a long layoff out. You know, he kind of... This sounds really harsh, but the last couple of games, he, he kind of looks like he's playing like at an age group too high. He doesn't look physically that that great. And I don't know if he's carrying a knock or, or whether it's just a confidence thing. But, um, you know, you, I don't want to knock him too much because of how well he started the season. Um, and I kind of hope that he's just a little bit of a bad run at the minute um, for, for, for Jimmy. Yeah, so we'll... We'll move on to the Northampton game, which was a slightly better performance, but still not exactly the result that we were hoping for. Um, Ryan, did you think it was the result we deserved in the end, or did you maybe think we were worthy of a little bit more than just a point? I think no one would have argued if we won the game. I'm sure. I don't think. I don't think Northampton fans would have. I thought we started the game. Brilliantly, I thought it was similar to how we started against Sunderland, to be honest, in terms of the intensity and the pressure we put on. I thought we kept the ball well. I thought we moved the ball in forward areas much better than we did against Wimbledon. And I thought every time they got the ball, we didn't look like we were going to play more than three or four passes because we were getting it back so quickly. Um, I think it was just a similar case as Wimbledon in that we didn't... There's not that many chances that jump out at me but it was clear we were shooting more and we were having more attempts at goal so that was obviously a ploy I think Humphreys had a few goals from from distance and sort of newbie Beasley were sort of you know trying to get the trick pull the trigger and I thought personally Tuesday was a good performance um, and I don't think there was much wrong with it I think their goal comes from it's in a few comments where it's you know, we, we can't defence set pieces and it's clear that's a, something we need to work on. But I can't imagine there's many defences in the league who's going to defend well against a guy of that stature and 
who's that good in the air. Um, and I think a, a Sanchez or a Bazunu come and catch that. Whereas a Lynch, who's a bit smaller, perhaps stays on his line a bit more. I didn't see the cross and think that's dangerous. It's just a case of he's six foot five and he got his head on it and scored. So, uh, barring that, I think they had five shots overall in the whole game, Northampton. I might be wrong. But I thought I thought the performance were, re- were really good on Tuesday and I, I actually really enjoyed the game. I, I really enjoyed our performance. It was just unlucky. We scored a really good goal. Um, obviously, a free kick, which is probably not ideal, to be honest. You'd want to score a, a team goal and a, a goal from open play, probably, to take some momentum into the next games. And you sort of look at it and think, oh, we've scored a bit of a fluky free kick from 20 yards out. But I'm not I'm not in any way negative after Tuesday at all. I thought we were pretty good. Uh, Chaff, I think negativity is your wheelhouse when it comes to Dale, isn't it, sometimes? So... How were you feeling about it? Were you? Did you think uh, that we maybe deserve more from the game? Do you agree with Ryan that it was a decent performance in the end, or or were you still a bit annoyed with the frailties that we showed at times in that one? Um, yeah, I was a little bit annoyed with the frailties, but I, I do agree with a lot of what Ryan said. Though I don't think it was a necessarily poor performance. I just think it was a case of not being able to unlock the door to to get in a goal early doors or and. <laughs> Again, we 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 go behind and we're, we're chasing the game, aren't we? Um, I'm not really one for stats, but the the stats will tell you that we deserve more from the game. Um, we had a lot more shots than they did. Um, that's one of the things that has sort of really stood out to me in these last two games is that. I don't remember Jay Lynch having to make many saves in either game. Um, and we've still come away with only one point from the both from both the games. Um and it's I don't know, it's, it, I don't think we played badly at all, really. I just don't think we 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 we're just lacking, aren't we? Again, in creating clear cut chances. We're creating like Brian said, we're having shots from, from different areas of the pitch, but we're not having that many clear-cut chances. Humphrey snatched at a couple of chances. Beasley snatched at a chance that he really should have done better with. Um, and, yeah, I'd, maybe maybe now that Humphreys has got his goal, um, we'll see a more confident sort of strike force. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, It was frustrating to only come away with a point, having had so much possession and so many chances half chances so yeah I'm... Luke what, one of the players who did sort of become the creative force in the last stages of the game uh, was Quadro Bar um, I thought he, I thought he changed the game if I'm honest with you we spoke about the, the change with, with Ryan coming off on Saturday maybe changing the game but credit to BBM for bringing on Bar when he did because for me that, that was a really positive sub and to be honest it, it changed the game to get us a point it could have got us all three the way that he was looking yeah, man like Quadro Bar. I'm telling you, he's the next one, isn't he? He's the next one that's going to come through. You can see the potential, can't you? Um, I agree with you, mate. He, he did change the game. Um, you could tell that the Northampton defenders were shit scared of him. Uh, they didn't know whether he was going to go inside, outside. Um, it became apparent that they started doubling up on him pretty soon after he came on the pitch. 
Um, and I think that then started creating a little bit of space in and around the box as well. You know, when they're committing two men to, to one of ours, it kind of opens it up in different parts of the pitch as, as well, really. But um, it's one of them gets the ball and has a go, doesn't he? And, you know, he, what fan doesn't like to see that kind of player, um, you know, playing for the, for the club? Um, I think kind of he looks a lot. Kind of, we, I know we said it in pre-season, but uh, he's got the stature as well, hasn't he? He's, he, he's big and you can tell he's strong, he's, he's quick. Um, I liked it because he, he mixed it up a bit as well. He went inside, he went inside, and then there was a point where he went outside and absolutely did him. Um, and yeah, you're right, You know, he won the free kick, didn't he, for Rumfries uh, going inside um, and getting fouled um, because they were scared of him. Um, so it's one of them, really. It's how does BBM kind of manage... Um, his development now, do you chuck him in and, and have him starting games at his age um, or do you kind of use him you know, use him off the bench uh, if he's having that effect um, it's going to be interesting I mean I'd, I'd like to see more of him just purely because he's, he's exciting to watch um, you just don't want to do anything where you throw him in for too long or, or too early and you end up kind of stumping his development um, but yeah, exciting and um, you know, when he did come on it was just a case of get the ball to bar Every single time, just get it was pretty obvious, weren't it? Get the ball to bar because he was doing something every time. Um, so yeah, that was a big positive. What I'd say on top of that is as well, um, I was very critical of BBM substitutions uh, against Wimbledon um, in the fact that um, was it Bar and Dooley came on far too late and the whole disjointed thing with the Ryan substitution. But I thought he got his subs pretty much spot on on uh, Tuesday night. Because um, I thought McLaughlin made a, a difference over the other side. Um, and I thought Barr coming on, yeah, I thought he was absolutely outstanding, to be perfectly honest with you. But And I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, he's got to start, he's got to start the next game, he's got to start the next game. I don't believe that's the case. Um, I think he's much more effective, me coming on as an impact sub um, in sort of the about 20-25 minutes to go and just injecting a little bit of spark a little bit of pace into the game whereas I think we've seen it before where where Bar's started games and he's, he's he's just not got into the game and he's written his struggle so I'd rather see him come on as an impact sub but yeah it was very very promising Yeah worth remembering as well only 17 years old has had some underlying health issues in the past that we know about just coming off the back of a a fairly lengthy injury layoff as well. Um, I can't see him starting many games in the in the coming weeks and months, but definitely having him in and in and around the squad is a massive positive based on that showing. Uh, Ryan Chaff touched on uh, the other substitution that BBM made that was a bit of a positive, uh, the half-time one with, with McLaughlin coming on. But I suppose the negative of that is that it kind of had to happen the way that Bowler was playing. He had a really poor game, didn't he, on Tuesday night? Yeah, it was strange to be honest because I think for the rest of the season he's looked he's looked positive, perhaps not as positive as Norrington Davis was, but I think it'd be unfair to compare the two. But on Tuesday it was just weirdly negative. Like every time he got the ball, he was going backwards, and he it weren't looking to run with it. So I I can only assume he was injured or. Fatigued. I think we've heard Aidan Roberts a couple of weeks ago say that playing week, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday really took its toll on him. So whether that's finally catching up with Bowler, 
I guess we just don't know yet. But it, I thought he was. It was strange. It was a strange performance, weren't it? It was, it was sort of, we, we all commented, I think, after about 20, 25 minutes, but, you know, we, we all thought, sort of said, this is this is a strange, strange performance from Bowler. So, yeah, it needed to happen um, because I think it were too far gone to perhaps change it and motivate for the second half. I think it, it was so negative that you, you couldn't really do anything. But, yeah, it needed to happen. And I think what we lost then was what Bowler's done well all season, I think, is connect well with Rathbone because when Rathbone cuts inside, Bowler wants to go outside. Whereas when you've got Rathbone on the left as well, you've got two players who just want to come inside all the time. And it, it sort of disrupted that. Although I thought the two played well in the second half, I thought Rathbone and Kihain did pretty well. You lost that. The right back must have been buzzing when he went off because he, he were comfortable. He was sort of, yeah, let let him sort of show him outside and, and see what they can do. And didn't do much, did we? Let's be honest, until Bar came on. So, yeah, it was strange. I thought it worked to an extent, but we, we did miss that. That left-hand side, that left-footed player down that side. Yeah, I think I guess that's one thing that you're always gonna. It's always gonna happen when Keowain's playing left back, isn't it? And I actually thought he did better at left back in some ways. His support of of Bar in that last twenty minutes was really positive, but you just know you're not going to get those sort of swinging crosses in or those like surging runs um, out on the left, which is sort of something that we we lack without Bowler. But hopefully, you know, he can be back on form when we return to action uh, against Plymouth next week. Um, Chaff, I guess the other the other major positive has to be um, Stephen Humphreys. Um, it's, it's only his second start since returning. The first time he's got 90 minutes under his belt. And it was an absolutely cracking free kick as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, there was no sort of debate about who was having it. He was absolutely adamant he was having it as well. Um, and I kind of thought when he when he steps up, I thought, Do you know what? He's, it's, it might be going in this. And then when it flew past the goalkeeper, it was, like, it was a relief more than anything. But yeah, it's... I think he's had a positive start. I think the annoying thing on Tuesday was that he was needing to come so deep to get the ball, to get involved. Um, there was so many times where he was sort of, it was about 10, 15 yards further back than what he, than what he should have been, um, just to be able to get involved. And it, it was almost cutting a very frustrated figure, I think. Um, so I'm hoping that that goal now will uh, will see him sort of kick on a bit because um, God knows there's a lot of pressure on him um, to have a really good season with us this year. So and it doesn't look like Beasley's going to chip in with uh, many goals to support him. And I think the 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 pressure to score goals is going to be immense for him. But he's good enough. So yeah, I'm hoping he's up to the task. And that was a, a positive positive start um, Luke I think you probably would have seen a little bit more of Humphreys during his first spell than I did to be honest so is that was that something that he did a lot in his first spell where he was sort of dropping outside of the box and trying to link up play from a little bit deeper or, or is that sort of do you think that's a case of like Charles says a little bit of frustration and trying to get on the ball as much as possible I think it was frustration to be honest I think um, you know we were playing in front of Northampton. Um, 
much better than than the way we were playing against Wimbledon, I thought. Um, and and but still, you know, they they were proving quite hard to break down. Keen Bulger at the back as well. He's a centre half of always lights. In, in you know, in watching him against us, he's big and he's physical. He's win, he wins a lot of the aerial battles. Um, so I think you know probably a combination of a few factors led to Humphreys kind of dropping deep. It was frustrating at times because when we did have the ball in the wide areas and the cross was on, kind of looking in the area and wanting you know wanting Humphreys to be getting in there rather than sitting on the D, uh, which he was at times. But again, that could have been down to tiredness, you know, because. I think BBM said post match that you know the idea was to only give him sixty minutes, but kind of we were forced to keep him on the pitch as as a goal threat. Um, you know, and, and you know what he does—he does look semi-dangerous when he does drop deep a little bit, and he can kind of stand the man up and try and work a shot. Um, but you want your star striker probably you know in the area that they're going to you know where they're going to score the goals, um, and and probably that just means a little bit further forward. Um, but yeah, I think it was more frustration other than anything else. Ryan, how much do you think that frustration comes from a little bit the fact that this strike partner has really struggled in front of goal this season? I know I don't want to go too deep into the stats because I know it'll bore a lot of people, but I was having a look before and made pretty grim reading. Um, 18 shots, five on target, no goals, no assists, four big chances missed. Um, just five possessions, one in the attacking third for Beasley, which for a pressing striker isn't ideal. Um, it's not been working out for him quite as it so far. And I guess it's slightly disappointing as well that we didn't see more of him with Humphreys alongside him because I think we were all sort of hoping that that would give him a little bit of a boost, weren't we? Yeah, I think Beasley, when we spoke to BBM a couple of weeks ago, I think it was never the intention for for Beasley to start and play every game so far. I think BBM was sort of, you know, he wasn't expecting to play him for so many minutes as he has done. Um, it obviously, he's not a goal, sto- goal scorer yet. And we're probably all a bit unsure as to whether that'll come. Um, but I think in terms of Humphreys, his frustration probably stems from the fact that he's not played football for nine weeks for me. I think we did probably see it a bit last time. He was here, but last time he was here, he had Anderson who would just play on the last man. I think this time around, hopefully it won't happen, but I think his frustration is just it's not kicked to go, not kicked a ball for nine weeks, so he's trying to get on the ball as much as he can. And to be honest, I actually think he looks pretty dangerous when he got on the ball in deep areas and he was, you know, popping shots off and stuff. But there's no doubt that on Tuesday's performance, he does need to get in the box more. And need to do it a bit more in and around in and around the area, but we've probably all been there where we we've been out for so long, even at our level, and so we just want to get him a ball. So you can forgive him for that, but I'd much rather Humphreys was in the box and than Beasley was. That's for sure. Uh, Luke, one one last sort of question about this couple of games. Um, a lot of the criticism towards. BBM and, and Dale, I guess, over the last 18 months has been that lack of creativity that we spoke a lot about tonight. But I, I think I make that one clean sheet in the last 12 games, maybe 11. Do we maybe need to to, to not criticise, but focus in a little bit on that defence? Because it doesn't get mentioned as much, but it, it does seem sort of inevitable that we're going to concede at least once in every game to me at the moment. 
you know what? Like, it, it don't feel as though teams open us up. You know, it don't feel like we're up against, we're, we're having to kind of, you know, teams are slicing through us and, um, you know, our keepers are having to save one-on-ones and guilty chances and all that lot. Our biggest weakness when it comes to defending is balls that go into the box. It's as simple as that. And it has been for, dare I say, it's probably has been for about four years now. Um, it, it is a weakness of ours. You know, I'd, I really wouldn't want to know how many goals we've conceded from set pieces. Um, because I think it'd be embarrassing, um, and I've you know I know BBM's kind of alluded to it in interviews. Humphreys alluded to it in his interview post match on Tuesday about us working hard at, at kind of defending the set pieces. Um, but do you know what? Like sometimes it just comes down to a bit of bit of grit and a, a bit of a bit of will to make sure that the man that you're marking doesn't get on the end of that ball. Um, and I do question where we where we've got that because of the amount of goals that we've conceded uh, when it comes to balls in the box, especially corners. Um, the goal on Tuesday, I looked at uh, you know, I looked at the replay and you know, Morley was the man that was meant to be blocking the run. Um, and all right, Smith's a big lad and he's physical, but I, I want to see more fight from Aaron Morley to stop, to stop him getting where he did. Um, it was like he wasn't there. Um, and you know you want more tenacity, um, and then it made O'Connell look bad because O'Connell ended up on his ass, um, and it made us look like we just got bullied, which which we did. Um, you know we we have to get better at that, and I think it's you know it's a combination of being organised, but you know I think sometimes it is just that will to like make sure that your man does not get on the end of the ball of the ball, and you know you you do everything in your powers, obviously, you know not risking giving away a penalty, but. You do everything you can to make sure that that isn't the case. Um, yeah. Can I add to that as well? That Harry Smith, we we all know how how big he is and how much of a threat he is, but he's not he's not Lewandowski. Um, he's got what thirty odd goals in hundred odd games. He's not a prolific goal scorer. I just think we've got to do more to stop him. Like you've just said there, Marley not sort of blocking the run. Um, and we see it more games. We just every time we get a, a set piece against us, we look like we're going to concede, and it's it's got to be something that we have to we 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 have to iron it out somehow. Because um, I just like you said, I, I I don't sort of necessarily notice that we've not kept a, or we've kept one clean sheet in however many games. It's not something that we, we normally focus on, but we've evidently got to get better at that. In addition to, to what we're saying here, um, I think it also, you know, we do have to kind of um, make a positive that, you know, we've got two centre-halves that, you know, I think are amongst the best in the league, in, in Roberts and O'Connell at the minute. You know, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think the brilliant one-on-one defending as well and, and spotting the danger at times. Um, so I think if we could if we could just make those improvements defending set pieces, that you know, that that could be that could be the biggest kind of uh, progression, you know, that we can make this season with regards to going the other way and, and, and getting results and nicking results. Um, because like you say, if Northampton didn't get the goal, they might have come out as a bit a little bit more. Um, it might have opened up a bit more for us. There would have been less pressure on us. Um, and I used to say, you know, sometimes when that pressure's on and, you know, you're trying to break the teams down, 
it's kind of better at nil nil than it is at one nil down when you're feeling the heat a little bit and you know that you're allowing the opposition to kind of sit on something. Um, so I think kind of like you know I'm sure like we're working on it daily, um, you know, and it's there, there probably is a little bit more to it than us just saying it's about you know the will and the desire to win an edder, um, you know. I'm sure there probably is a little bit more to it because it has been a problem for so long. But I do feel if we can if we can improve on that, you know, it might you never know, it might help going the other way, which is the bigger criticism it feels at the minute. Yeah, one of one of the things I would say on that as well is the the crazy thing is O'Connell I think ranked the highest in the league for clearances from crosses last season in the whole of League One. So it just shows that without him, I mean, it really would be it really would be a worry, wouldn't it? And I think you're right as well, Luke, in that we don't. We we very rarely get sort of carved up and have goals where teams have passed through us, um, and that's kind of what makes it even more frustrating. Is that even though we're yeah. able to defend against teams like that, there's still I still feel um, there's, there's inevitability that we're going to concede in every game. And yeah, if we can fix it, like you say, it'll go a long, long way to improving our results over the course of the yeah. season. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll finish up on a few points from uh, today's um, web meeting. I think it was. Uh, what Rochdale AFC can do for you, which a few fans attended, and there were some interesting points made. Um, Chaff, I guess the main positive is that the, the club are, are in a financially solid position from what we hear from this meeting, a uh, better position than most in League One and still earning money from Craig Dawson 10 years after he left the club, which is um, in times like these where everyone's obviously worried financially about the state of low league football, that is, uh, that is definitely something to be positive about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I read Judd's post on the message board earlier, um, which gave a really good summary. So thanks for that, Judd. But um, yeah, that was the key um, bullet point out of that and how good was that to read um, to, for them to, to sort of say that we're one of the, we're sort of better prepared financially for all this. Um, I took I thought that as a huge, huge positive and sort of put a lot of... Uh, a lot of worries um, started to rest, really. And another plus point, Ryan, um, talk of, of the club wanting to move to their own training facility within the next five years. is something that's been spoken about since all of us have been Rochdale fans, to be honest, but it feels sort of that the club are in a better position now, probably more than ever, to, to sort of press on with that. And it'd be a, a huge... Um, a huge plus point for the club, wouldn't it? Especially in terms of attracting players to the club. Yeah, it'd be a huge pull. I think. I think I've seen them myself, so I know that the training facilities we've got now at Rochdale, well, sports club, I think it is now, but the cricket club are, are pretty decent. A picture they kept in good nick, but to have your own training ground would be a massive plus. And I think what we've seen from this season is. Under BPM, we're able to pull players from Premier League clubs on loan because of our facilities. So to then have better facilities and be able to bring in players, you know, free transfers and things, and perhaps take a hit on my money to have, you know, a better playing style and and better training facilities would obviously be a positive. So yeah, it, it sounds like that's not far away now, and but we've said this for years, haven't we? I think we were talking about Lee back in the day and since then we've heard of a couple of sites in Rochdale, Airwood and whatever, but it sounds like so much, you know, really on the way. I think it is in Airwood, isn't it? The, the new one. So 
Yeah, that that'd be amazing. And to have the, I think a big thing personally, I know this is going off track a bit, but to have the academy training at the same place as where the first team is would be massive because I've been there myself and you're training at Matty Moss and you're training at in a school in Middleton and then playing at Salford Uni and it's a bit like you're here, there and everywhere. So to have it all in one hub, it'd be a massive, massive positive for both the first team and the academy. I'd, I'd say as well, it's, it's it must be a huge thing because every single manager that we've had going back to sort of, well, at least Steve Backing have backed on about having our own training facilities uh, a lot. So it's obviously a massive thing for, for managers uh, and the sooner we can get it resolved, the better. Um, we've not been able to do that for the, the past sort of 20 years. So what's five more? But um, yeah, if we can, if there's an opportunity to, to get that sorted, then we need to, we need to check it. I think it's obviously a massively vital, um, a vital thing. Yeah, I think, um, one thing I would say, possibly a little bit more of an abstract look at it, but if if that facility was to be in Haywood, I think as some I'm from Haywood, obviously, um, our uh, our presence as a club in Haywood, I think, is actually like really poor. Really, given that Haywood is part of the borough, and there's very few Rochdale fans in Haywood. If we had more presence there with our facility, obviously, I think there's probably a lot of a lot of people in Haywood who used to go and watch Berry. There certainly seem to be a lot more Berry fans in the town than Rochdale. Obviously, that is less of an option now with, with Berry's um, sort of regenerated club playing so far down. I just wonder if it could be a good opportunity for, for us maybe to, to look to expand the fan base as well if it, if it was something that was in Haywood. Um, yeah, go on, Chaff. I was going to say, I'd agree with that as well because every time I walk through Haywood, I live in Haywood as well like you, um, every time I walk through Haywood in Rochdale Court, I don't have to get some funny looks. So there's not many of us about around here. Yeah, it's it's strange. It seems to be sort of a sort of a little black spot for Dale fans. But maybe a training facility would change that. There'd probably be more kids playing there and things like that. It might make a bit of a difference. Who knows? Um, Luke, another massive positive that's come out today. I think it was mentioned in the uh, in the meeting, but it's also been announced on Twitter afterwards. Is that uh, Ethan Briley signed a three-year contract term? Now, judging from what BBM said when he was on the podcast the other week. This lad's got a huge future ahead of him. A massive Dale fan as well. That's really, really positive stuff, isn't it, for Dale? Yeah, I mean, there's just something about him. Like, it's almost like it sets me back a little bit to when I was a younger lad. And, and you kind of, you know, when you're younger, you do dream. Well, I did anyway. I dreamed about playing for Rochdale. Um, you know, and like to know that he's come from actually being a genuine fan of the club. Um for me, number one, it gives him more, um, you know, you ought to get a bit more patience anyway, I think. You know, he deserves his chance and he's, he's kind of one of us. Um, but you know what, yeah, in the games that we've seen so far, he looks like a neat little player. Um, so hopefully he can just develop. Um, it's really positive that we've got another one that's come through the youth team now. We're giving the contracts out to three years as well. Um, it's kind of, it is exciting to see how these players kind of develop and, um, you know, probably... You know, he'll, he'll get his um, gets his taste of this season, doesn't he? And then you, you're probably going to see him in, in, you know, next season a lot more. And then year three would be kind of the one where hopefully he'll be then basically a, an asset to the club where you kind of sell him on, um, which is it's just great for the club because, you know, this is 
it goes back to to the finances that got published earlier. This is how we survive, and um, you know it's important everyone remembers that. And I know no one could have predicted kind of COVID happening and what have you, but clearly, you know, with the money in the background and and the way we kind of be, have become self sufficient through in the main selling on players, developing them. Um, you know, those training grounds again, it, it, it's all linked in, isn't it? It's all everything's linked to each other and. Um, like I wish him all the best. I'll be supporting him and really hope he can kind of, you know, kick on and be a, be an asset for the club. And I'm really hoping that once we can get back to Scotland, we'll be hearing uh, he's one of our own chant for a Dale play. That'd be nice. Um, so, lads, we'll finish with uh, the game, as always. I thought I'd go back to the win over Northampton that sealed promotion in 2010 since we played Northampton the other night. Um, so, it'll be anyone who was in the match day squad for Dale in that game. Um, I'll go. Googling. Who won last time we played? Do we remember? No. It would have been me, wouldn't it? I don't think it was. I won the last one. Okay. Right. So Luke, you can go first. Chaff, you can go second since Rice pipes up there. Uh, so Luke, anyone who's anyone who was in the squad for Dale in that promotion ceiling game against Northampton, seventeenth of April, two thousand and ten. Wait till his Google's load up, loaded up. <laughs> <laughs> jotting, down, jotting down the mandem, actually, right? <laughs> Number one, Super Chris O'Grady. Correct. Chaff? Um, Gary Jones. Correct. Ryan? Craig Dawson. Correct. Chris Dagnum. Correct. Stanton. Correct. TK? Correct. Joey T. Correct. Scott Wiseman. Correct. Frank Fielding. Correct. Taylor. Send it mid. Correct. So there's only one more starter. Who did you say then, Luke? Uh, Taylor. I forgot his first name, though. Uh, Jason. Yeah. Jason. That's going to be my next guess. Um, Marcus Hornus. He was on the bench, yeah. So we've still got one more starter. Yeah, yeah. There's one more starter and uh, six subs. Just an interesting little uh, thing I've just noticed as well. The referee that day was the same as the referee on Tuesday night. Mister Haynes. It was Mister Haynes, yes. What a prick. <laughs> Great referee. That time wasting on Tuesday, by the way, was absolutely Unbelievable. embarrassing. Unbelievable. It's the worst I've seen that. It's worse than Darren Ferguson, Peterborough, that. Um, anyway, I bought more seconds there and it's not helped me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're okay, mate. Have we had Iggy? We haven't. Iggy. Higginbottom was the last starter, yeah. Yeah, man. So, I think we've got six subs to work through if we can. Oh, dear me. <laughs> Luke, since since I think we've we've done the same amount each, I think I can do a clue here. Can I tell you how many? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah? So, we've got... Uh, one keeper, obviously. We've got another 
central defender, uh, two central midfielders and two attackers, wingers. Clark Kelty. Incorrect. So we're down to Chaff and Wright. Chaff, your goal, mate. I think he'd have been sub goalkeeper. I've got um, one right there in here. This guy knows. <laughs> it was a, I'm gonna go Kenny Arthur. It was about time about the same time we played we signed him, I think. Oh. Yeah, Kenny Arthur's correct. <laughs> out, out of interest. Um Ryan, was that who you were going to go for? Because your face seemed to suggest that it wasn't. Yeah, no, it did. Was. I was gutted that you was nodding while he was saying it. <laughs> all the time. I loved Kenny Arthur, me. I liked how he made the stud marks at the post on the six-yard line. I don't know if anyone ever noticed that, but he did it. Can you can you name any more subs from that game? Or? <laughs> I, what positions have he? So, um, we've got another centre-back, two centre-midfielders and two wingers. Jason. Oh, JK. Yeah, Jason Kennedy's correct. What positions? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Another centre-back, another centre-midfielder and two wingers. Kieran Toner. Kieran Toner's correct. Oh. Don't know if it helps, but the uh, the centre back did come on for the last twenty minutes. Did he? Did he do well? I don't remember. And a striker. Uh, two two wingers. I think they were more wingers than strikers. Right. I know one of them. I think I know. Timmy Topi Obadie. Correct. How have you got that? I had him on my wall. I remember the famous picture in the changing rooms, isn't it? The free bit hit. I had him in formation. I didn't have Simon Whaley, so I put him him there. (laughs) Um, Defender, come on. I was 10, by the way. I worked. (laughs) Rory Mercado. Yep, Rory Mercado came on for the last 20 minutes, so... I don't know what you want to do, right? If you get this, we can call it a draw or we can move on to the Northampton squad. It's up to you. He's <laughs> a winger, this lad, isn't he? Yep. I mean, I have said that about eight times now. There's a bit of editing to do here. <laughs> it's one of two. You're up because I can smell my tea. Yeah, top yeah. Of the top as well, mate. I'm going to put my oven on. Andy Howarth. Andy Howarth is correct. So, oh, this guy. I mean, what do you want to do? We could do a, we could do some sort of tie break with the Northampton squad, or we could call it a draw. What are you saying? I remember it was in the net for Northampton, but that was about it. Jaff, if you can name one Northampton player, and I can't name any, then I'm I'm giving you the win. Right. Well, I remember that. Um, is it Jason Steele were in net? That's correct, yes. So, right. It's all on you, mate. <laughs> I don't even know if he played for Northampton, but Ryan Cresswell. Incorrect. Chaff takes the win. 
Someone, someone needs, someone needs to um, start having keeping on track of these scores because I'm not doing it, and I, I probably should be doing. But good I'm win, Jack. Well done, mate. Thank you. We'll reconvene in a week or so's time um, to talk about that Plymouth game, and we might have another guest along as well to chat with. So we'll um, speak to you all then. For now, all that's left for me to say is thank you as always, Chaff. Nice one. Thank you very much, lads. Cheers, right? Yeah, nice one, Dean. Cheers for that. And cheers as always, Luke. Cheers, boys. See you next time. Up the Dale. Teasing the tools from Airwood and then Jeff started talking about Airwood. Yeah. <laughs> lids, lids, lids.